The following program is brought to you by Blood, Sweat, Tears, and listeners like you. To support this show and all of the shows within Twib Nation, consider becoming a subscriber of our pay service, The Twibularity, at twib.me forward slash subscribe. That's twib.me forward slash subscribe. Or you can give a one-time donation at donate.twib.me. That's donate.twib.me. We've all learned how important media is and who tells our stories. Help us be the media that you want to hear and that the media is afraid to hear. It's kind of hard to listen to yourself become irrelevant. You are now listening to Twib FM. Real talk, real awesome. Finally, I'm finally free. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie. I am your host. Thank you so much for tuning in. It is that time of year, folks. Halloween is impending. So, of course, we have to have a Halloween podcast and talk about all things related to horror. And I have a great panel of guests that are going to talk to us about their respective projects, as well as geek over, you know, our favorite horror films and um, talk about what's happening now in the horror genre. So our guests tonight are Elsie Cruel, Eden Royce, and Ashley Blackwell. So um, before we get to our guests, I do want to introduce our new co-host tonight, Mel. So thank you so much for being on the show. Why don't you introduce yourself, let everybody know who you are, your social media shout outs, and uh, what brought you on tonight? All right. Um, I'm Mel, and uh, my Twitter handle is Jane underscore Anon. Um, I'm an occasional comic book reviewer for Black Girl Nerds. Um, I just like horror films, so I thought this would be fun. And I hope it will be fun. <laughs> <laughs> it will. Anything related to horror is going to be fun. So um, if any of you guys participate with us during the Friday Night Horror live tweets, then you know that it's it's definitely going to be an entertaining show. Um, so when you're listening in, use the hashtag BGN podcast that puts you in the feed with the other live listeners, as well as going to the TWIB website, listen.twib.fm. There's also a chat there. So feel free to converse with other TWIB users as you're listening to our show. And we do have a studio number, so if you want to give us a call, you got questions, comments, the number is 718-404-9320. All right, so do want to make a few announcements. Um, Kayona Ebony Brown, if you haven't heard that name, get familiar with it. Kayona is actually the designer behind all of the logos on Black Girl Nerds that you see on the front site, that you see on the Facebook page, that you see on our business cards. Um, and she is also a filmmaker. She's a writer and author. Uh, she's a jack of many trades and she's involved in a new project along with uh, Kevin Richmond called One Last Sunset. The film revolves around two sisters that struggle against all odds of survival as an apocalyptic virus turns the entire remaining human population into flesh eating zombies. With disease and cannibalism running rampant, they cross the path of an unpredictably violent and disillusioned school teacher who disrupts their journey of survival. 
so check out that film. It actually will launch via Vimeo on demand on October the 30th. So put that on your Google calendar and uh, and check out Kayona Ebony Brown's project there. The website, by the way, for more information is onelastsunsetfilms.com. Again, it's onelastsunsetfilms.com. All right. And then um, BGN-related announcements. So if you're in the Hampton Roads area, that's the 757 area of Virginia, I will be at the uh, NACOCON, AnimeCon, that is held in Hampton each and every year. It's at the Hampton Convention Center. Uh, we're having a panel about social media in geek culture. So uh, please Come out to that event if you plan on going to NACOCon. That's going to be at 9 a.m. Saturday, November the 7th. Uh, we're going to be in panel room one. Uh, so for more information on that, go to NACOCon.com. That's N-E-K-O-Con.com. And always, we appreciate your support. Go to BlackGirlNerds.com. There is a PayPal button on there. We would love for you to just send us financial love your way. Um, every little bit helps. Also, we have blog ads on the site. So uh, if you ever want to advertise any goods or services, take advantage of that opportunity and advertise on our website. Every bit is appreciated. It helps these podcasts happen. It helps us to create great editorial content, run this website, run this online community, go to these offline events, um, have these meetups. Uh, so thank you for all of the support to everyone um, that has pitched in so far. All right, so I'm going to get to our guests and read each of their bios, and then we're going to get into our fun questions. So um, our first guest that I'm going to make the announcement for, if I get my papers together. All right, Elsie Cruel is the director of several short films and critically acclaimed web series and writer of numerous multiple award-winning feature screenplays, pilots, and shorts. An honors graduate of Duke University and Harvard Law School, Cruel is also, or has been, an author of 25 published short stories, film critics at both elmsiders.com and indieexpress.com. She's also a freelance editor and writer, entrepreneur, and member of the Women in Film and Television, as well as Science Fiction Writers of America, Mensa, the Organization of Black screen Screenwriters, and the NATPE Diversity Fellowship Program. Very impressive. Eden Royce has had stories appear in a dozen anthologies from large and small presses, horror, steampunk, dark fantasy, erotica, haiku, and combinations thereof. One of her stories is being adapted for a short film anthology called Seven Magpies. She provides editing and proofreading services for publishers and for individuals, and she's also given her voice to several fantasy characters on gaming and writing podcasts. Besides all of that, her passions include roller skating, listening to thunderstorms, and Sum E painting. And finally, Ashley Blackwell is the creator of Graveyard Shift Sisters, a blog that works to highlight and celebrate the experiences, representations, achievements, and creative works of Black women and women of color in the horror, for horror and sci-fi genres. Thank you, ladies, so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having us. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to fire it off. Uh, this is to Elsie uh, Cruel. Tell us about Seven Magpies. It's the first all-black, all-female horror anthology that you created. 
And what was the inspiration for the idea, as well as the process of bringing together your team of directors and writers? Um, well, actually, the, the, the idea came from the fact that I've just always loved horror anthologies. Um, it's just, it's been one of my favorite things to watch, whether it's a television show like The Twilight Zone or those old British anthologies that they would show in the afternoons on, you know, those random channels. And you would get to, like, watch these five people, uh, you know, and their stories, but they find out they're all in the, you know, already dead and they're all on the train to hell or something. <laughs> but, so I've always loved them. Um, and for a while, they kind of really went out of style. Like, if I, you know, if I pitched an idea to someone, they were like, oh, don't say anthologies. We don't want to hear it, you know. But um, then they suddenly kind of had a rebirth recently with like um, ABCs of Death and um, VHS and all these really great anthologies that were coming out with these neat ideas of, you know, giving people from all over the world five minutes, you know, to make a story like uh, ABCs did or, um, you know, uh, VHS and what it's doing. And there are just all these neat projects out there. And um, it kind of happened at about the same time that there's been a lot of discussion about, you know, women directors and their representation in the industry. And, um, you know, and, and as I watched, I'm, you know, a member of a women in a women genre directors group and how I'm watching how they're trying to show the world that they exist. And then when one of them wanted to write an article on, uh, you know, black female directors, they weren't even sure that we existed. And I was just right. like, I was just like, wow. Um, so we're a couple of, you know, we've got a, we got work to do um, to make sure they know that we're out there because, um, you know, sight becomes reality. You know, what people see, what they perceive is, it be, becomes what they believe. And I guess people just aren't aware that, you know, we're kind of in this space and it just um, kind of always blows my mind that they, people would think there's a space that we, that we're not in, that every, that everybody isn't kind of represented in. And so I got the idea for seven magpies because, you know, it wasn't being done. No, no, there hadn't been a black woman in any of the other um, uh, anthologies yet. Um, uh, direct, not even the all female director one. And so, you know, it just didn't seem that I'm not, you know, that people were kind of thinking of us, that we were kind of coming to mind. And so, um, you know, Ernest Dickerson had written this article about, you know, to bring the black uh, black filmmaker back to the fore, this is the perfect time to do an anthology. And I'm like, you know what? It is a perfect time. I think I will do that. And so I came up with the idea for Seven Magpies and just kind of um, got some great advice from Ashley, as a matter of fact, and um, um, uh, from Sumiko Salson and um, on who were the, you know, best writers out there. Um, best black female authors and um, the uh, best directors, um, you know, besides myself. And, and that just kind of brought together a group of seven really great writers um, from, from Tanana Redu on. Um, and Eden Joyce is one of our writers. And, um, you know, got some great directors, including Reagan, Don Chung, and some others, and just, you know, put it together um, with uh, the help of Stacey Pippa Hammond, who runs the Etheria Film Festival out in LA. Um, she's uh, producing it with me and, um, it's just, it's, it's really exciting and it's exciting how many people are excited about it. And I mean, it's, it's like the, it, the fact that it needs to be there just from the sheer excitement that it's caused from this idea that I had in like late June, you know, that's all, and it's already a thing. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's a very cool process. And Eden, tell us about your latest novel, Spook Lights, uh, the Southern Gothic horror and collaborative efforts that 
you've made with other black female horror writers, because um, you're also a part of Seven Magpies. Uh, what was your main objective when you decided to reach out to other writers with this uh, latest novel? Well, Spooklights is really sort of my love letter to my hometown of Charleston, South Carolina. And I I read a great deal in the horror genre and outside of it. And when I found authors writing about Charleston, um, people of color were just sort of peripheral characters, not given their own stories and sort of relegated to second class status in these books. Mm. So I wanted to give people of color a voice and make sure that they were represented, their stories are represented. And part of what I wanted to do with it being based in Charleston is to bring in my heritage as um, a Gullah Geechee person. So I have included a lot of the Gullah language, a lot of the practices and superstitions of the Geechee people who are descendants of the first slaves that were brought to the Carolinas. So a lot of that is, is wrapped up in the tales that are in spook lights. When I reach out to other black women in horror, my main objective is just to boost the signal. I was at a writer's convention in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I mentioned that I was featured in the book, 60 Black Women in Horror Writing. And the response I got was, are there 60 Black Women in Horror Writing? <laughs> wow. So I thought, well, um, yes, pick up a copy of the book and you can read all about them. Wow. So I thought, well, what can I do in addition to putting out my own work that can increase visibility for our work, for our writing, for our stories? And it's, it's been an amazing response. I've gotten to talk to and meet some amazing writers. Um, I've even gotten to work with... Um, a few publishers here and there that have reached out to me and posting those interviews and doing the reviews on Graveyard Shift Sisters. Um, from what Ashley's told me, it's a very popular segment on the Graveyard Shift Sisters blog. And I think people respond to it because I think that we inadvertently sometimes place ourselves as that main character when we're reading a book and to actually see a description that may fit something that we see in the mirror can be a powerful tool. So I wanted to actually bring those stories to a wider audience. And Ashley, Elsie and Eden both mentioned your website where their works have been featured. So tell us about what you've done with Graveyard Shift Sisters since its inception and what kind of experience have you gained since creating the site and what has that reception been like? I think I mostly learned to I think it was a kind of a natural step for me to think beyond my own um, my, my own ideas about uh, horror, which is heavily steeped in film and filmmaking. Um, that's one of the things I love about it. Mostly, not even filmmaking, film criticism, more specifically to me. But you know, I I, I, I knew early on that I wanted to be bigger than that, and that I wanted to you know, because I read you know I read nonfiction. That's kind of my deal. I'm like I'm so steeped in like film theory all the time, and for years I have been. But you know, I I, I recognize deeply because I, I you know I read fiction when I can. You know that there are fiction writers, there are photographers, there are even other filmmakers that I'm not aware of, which is, which I'm always excited to kind of you know discover. 
and I just do basic research. And so I think, you know, the biggest part of just learning and, you know, Eden kind of approached me first about the idea of making kind of a series. And I thought that was a really great idea. Um, this kind of idea to, you know, uh, do do like, you know, special weeks or do like, you know, Eden's monthly uh, women horror writers, women horror writer interviews and have highlight those. And, you know, like I just did Spell Week and that's a web series about women of color and kind of a fantasy horror kind of a, a an atmosphere. So I think the, the, the biggest things that I've learned is kind of, you know, making social media kind of work for me and thinking of these creative concepts in these weeks and these days and and putting it together so people understand that this that Graveyard Shift Sisters is extremely multifaceted. And I want to and it's I want to keep creating this kind of massive monster of multi multi multiplicity, I guess, um, so that it stays you know relevant and true to the the broad audience that I really would like to reach and stay in contact with. So. I think right. I answered your question. <laughs> yes, you certainly did. Yes. Um, I'm going to pass it over to you, Mel. Okay. I just wanted to ask everybody what drew you, what first drew you to the horror genre and what do you like about it? Just jump in at any time? Yeah. <laughs> anybody. <laughs> anybody. Well, for me, I think that a lot of what I grew up around um, hearing stories um, from my family members, from my parents. Um, I've had a great aunt and other family members who were root workers, who do magic users, whatever the term is that you'd like to use. So um, I always had people sort of uh, suspicious about what that is and what that means. And when you watch movies and read books, those types of magics, whether it's hoodoo or voodoo or Santeria, are always these evil things. And from what I grew up remembering is my aunt used to do love potions and luck potions and things that would actually help people. So part of what drew me to the dark side, if you want to use that term, um, was just wanting to see how these magics were used and eventually create my own world in which they weren't these sinister things and show people that, yeah, they can be used for nefarious purposes, but they also have a lighter side as well. But if you cross the wrong person, then certainly they, they know how to handle that if need be. <laughs> And I want to move on to our scary movie segment. Um, by the way, whoever's typing, it can be heard just a little bit. So type softly. Um, so I, I wanted to know from each of you, and, and I'll start in this order. I'll start with um, Lucy, Eden, and Ashley. And also Mel, uh, what is your favorite scary movie of all time and why? And I know that's a hard question, especially for you as horror aficionados, um, to ask it for one movie. So if you want to mention, you know, your top five, feel free. Um, but yeah, let's let's fire that off, and, and we'll start with Elsie uh, Cruel. Um, I've been thinking about that, and I, I'm asked that all the time. And honestly, I never do have a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
you know, I, I, I got into my love of horror from my love of sci-fi. I just always liked the, anything that kind of led me to the question, what if, what was going to be the next thing? What would happen if this thing happened? What would be the social repercussions or the things that we didn't imagine when this new technology comes out or something? And so horror is like the dark side of that. Like, what if this goes wrong? And, and, and that's kind of what got me into it. Um, so I like stuff that it is, um, you know, has a has an aspect that's more than just the story. That's entertaining, but it also explores like a, you know, something deeper it, that it can sneak a social message or a sneak a sneak a deeper thought in there. So I guess uh, my favorite of all time is probably the classic Night of the Living Dead, just because of all that mm-hmm. they did for, uh, for so many. I mean, you know, just by having, you know. This, uh, this, uh, the lead black hero at that time, and 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 just all the, you know, it it's it spoke to so many things, including you know, beginning the co- modern concept of you know zombies, and 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 it just, it was just really powerful in that way of being an entertaining story, and people don't even realize that you know their eyes are kind of being opened, but their eyes are kind of being opened. Great film, yeah. Eden. Well, I pondered about this question, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought this would be easy for you guys, like a no-brainer kind of situation. <laughs> there's there's too many. And, yeah, uh, you know, like a lot of people, and Elsie, you mentioned that you got into loving horror from your love of sci-fi horror. And I think one of my favorite movies has to be John Carpenter's The Thing. Yes. I love that movie so much. Just it's, it's very, I I do love Gothic horror and it does have a Gothic sense, but not a Gothic setting. It does have that isolation. Um, You're not close to a lot of help and you have to deal with something that you don't know and you don't understand. And it just, it just ratchets up the tension for me every time. I think it's a fantastic movie. And uh, my favorite movie, I, I, I co-sign Lucy and Eden as well. It's it's never an easy question to answer because there's so there's you know the the list of you know the films you love, especially horror films. For us, I know I can I feel like I can say for sure is so vast. Right. Um, I will say for me, especially with you know doing the work with Graveyard Shift Sisters, and you know discovering the 70s, you know, black exploitation, so to speak, horror films has been so eye-opening. And so it's been, it's been, it's been this beautiful awakening for me. And I think for me, um, just if I were to say what is probably my favorite, even out of that bunch, and even in horror, my, my top five, it has to be Ganja and Hess from 1973. It's not, it's one of those avant-garde art house type of films that not a lot of people are familiar with or recognize, but it, it's and it's it's more than a quote vampire film. It, it, it's about these about it's about the relationship between you know the people in it. That's that it's so it's it's very intimate, but you just you see a lot of blood. But it's also I'm not, not being very articulate, but I just feel like it's a film where black people are treated with such with with the kind of care 
and the kind of intimacy that you don't really see as much, I would say, especially in horror, especially in horror. I think that's why it stands out so much. And it's one of the reasons why I love it, why I love it so much. It is, it's more than a vampire film, but I also, I also love and deeply appreciate that it does it, uh, play with vampirism and the supernatural in a, in a very eloquent way. A good one. Have we done a live tweet on Friday Night Horror of that film? I don't think it's a palatable film for Friday Night Horror. <laughs> I, 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 I try to. I know we're going to talk about that, but I just want to. I just want to kind of jump in and like give a little tidbit. Um, I'm very. When I pick films, I try to pick films that have a a, a decent enough pace. <laughs> for a bigger crowd that's kind of right. something that's always kind of a, a, assaulting your senses so we can keep things lively no one falls asleep <laughs> right and <it's> ganja <laughs> has, tends to be a bit slow so mel do you have a favorite horror movie of all time yes i do but i'm gonna take advantage of the top five so my favorite movie is um silence of the lambs i know some people would say that's you know more of a you know suspense than horror but i think it's horror so for um, the other four, I would go 28 Days Later, uh, The Thing, Alien, no S, Alien, <laughs> um, and uh, what else was I going to say? Mm. I don't know. I would say Poultry Guys just from um, like a kid standpoint because that, that movie freaked the hell out of me when I was yes. a child. That movie scared me so bad. Me too. Um, so yeah, I would say Poltergeist and maybe The Ring for modern. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those are some good ones. Um, I'm ashamed to admit. Um, please don't judge me, guys. I've never seen The Thing. So, uh, since oh. that, yeah, either, either of them. <laughs> well, she no, she doesn't have. Please don't see the remake. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Don't neither. Too. Neither of them. I've never. I've never seen that. Um. So I, I guess I need to put that on my list since that's the popular choice tonight. Um, and oddly enough, uh, I just this past weekend, I watched The Fog for the first time. John Carpenter's oh, The Fog, which was nice. really good. Um, and that was the first time for me. Um, but uh, my, my favorite film, and Ashley probably knows the answer to this one. Uh, <laughs> my favorite horror film of all time is Scream. I love it. You know, mm -hmm. some people don't qualified as horror per se but i do um you know it's it's in the horror section of the video store if there's <laughs> any still around um and i loved it so much so that i went to a vocational school in high school and took tv production and i did a short film called cross wires um so i was that obsessed with the movie that i made my own short satire based off of a satire of horror films so uh scream wow. all the way <laughs> Yes, yes. It's a great, great, great movie for me. Um, so my, my next question to you guys, and we'll go in the same order. Is there one scary movie that you've watched that you refuse to watch again? Is it me first? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. okay. Um, I would say, you know, there, there are those um, kind of French extreme movement movies. Uh, oh, yeah, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That have are are interesting and have some really original stuff in them, but you know films like Martyrs, not man, I just <laughs> I it had some interesting things to say, but the violence against women in that movie, mm. I just I, I could not ever sit through that again for any amount of time, and so uh, you know that 
things like a Serbian film, which I break yeah. and, you oh, know, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's like there these films that I see what they're saying and I see why they're using this kind of powerful punch to say it, but I never want to see a, a frame of them again. You know, it's it's one of those. I'm glad I saw it, but I don't want to see it again. But then again, the same thing was true of Eraserhead when I, I saw I saw that when I was young and it freaked the living daylights out of me, and I never want to see it again. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I have to agree with. Eraserhead, I have to agree with, um, I think the Serbian movie or whatever it's called as being a movie that I would never want to see. I haven't seen it. I don't want to. Um, the one that came to my mind first, though, was It. Oh. I do not want to see that movie again. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I just can't. I love Tim Curry. I think he's an excellent actor. But, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> The whole clown thing. The clowns. It's, it's very no creepy. Okay, no clowns. I give yeah. them that, but I don't think so. So I take it you didn't watch American Horror Story Freak Show because the clown Actually, situation. Funnil funnily enough, American Horror Story, I will watch. Um, wow. I, um, I, I don't know why. Sometimes certain shows like that do get the watch through the fingers. Sometimes that does happen. But I just think those shows are just so well plotted and, and so well done that I can't not watch them. So, um, okay, I'll go. <laughs> I wasn't sure if Eden was done. Uh, I was going to say a Serbian film. Um, it, I, that's another one where it's just like, you know what, I don't need to see that again. And I, it's one I would never, you know, recommend to anyone. Um, I feel like I want to kind of go in a slightly different direction because it's just been on my mind and I've seen it on Netflix Instant. Um, Starry Eyes is a movie that I loved the first time watching it, but it really got under my skin. And it did it's it did legitimately scare me. And it's it's been a, like I've seen it on Netflix and I'm thinking to myself, because sometimes I will spend my spend my nights when I'm just when I just need to kind of shut off my brain and say, OK, let's let's watch a movie before I go to bed and I'll see it. And I'm just like, I really want to watch this again because it's really good. But I just can't because the content of the film is so disturbing to me and I just can't. And I want to watch it again, but I don't know if I, can, I don't know if I'll be able to. Like, it's just it's just one of those films. It's I don't know if anyone ever has that kind of feeling where you, where you really enjoy the film the first time you watched it, but it's just it 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 tapped something inside of you that makes you uncomfortable, that it legitimately scares you, and you want to watch it again because it was really good. But you know what? Oh, I, I hope so, but <laughs> not right now or not this minute. So, it, Starry Eyes is definitely that one for me. Yeah, it comes from a very real place. That's mm. Yeah. Nice. Well, um, we are going to take a quick break um, and then we will get back to Mel and I's answer to that question right after this commercial break here on TWIB. All right, we're back. 
thanks for for sticking with us on our Halloween podcast. So uh, one of the questions that I had asked before we went to break that Mel and I didn't get to yet is, is there one scary movie that you've watched that you refuse to watch again? Uh, Mel, what's your answer for that one? Um, Before I answer, I just wanted to um, tag in with what Ashley was saying before we went to break, like one movie that you thought was really good, but you couldn't watch it again. And I felt like that uh, the first time I saw The Ring in the theater, I was like, I really like that movie, but I can never watch it again because I had to sleep with a blanket over my TV that night. So it's just, it's over. It's over for me, with me and that movie. So yeah, I felt that exactly. But for a movie, um, I usually, every October, I usually have like a horror movie fest. And last October, somebody recommended American Mary as a movie to watch, like a feminist horror movie. So then I watched this movie and I was horrified. So I guess it worked. And there was just way more body horror than I expected. So I don't think I could, I I can't ever watch that movie again. I can't even recommend that movie to anybody. There was just so much body (laughs) horror. (laughs) Just so, and it ended badly. And I'm just, oh God, don't watch that movie if you're, you know, you get sick easily. Just don't. Yeah, the ending kind of ruined it for me. It was good up until the ending. So I know what you mean. I was with it until the ending. Mm -hmm. Then I was like, why did I go through that entire journey then? movie with a bad ending. <laughs> nothing worse than that. Oh, God, no. Yeah. I felt I, like I was punished. That movie punished me. <laughs> <laughs> I resent that movie, damn it. I do. <laughs> um, I, oddly enough, I, I don't have an answer for this question. It's my own question, and I, I don't know the answer to that, Um, because I, there hasn't been a movie yet that I've watched in the horror genre that I'm like, I could never watch that again. Um, I don't do well with shock films like films that are just there to gross you out um i know i've heard about a serbian film i've never seen it i don't plan to i I just feel like if you're not scaring me you're just trying to shock me that has no substance um and i think films that show a lot of the horror off camera are a lot more scarier than when you see it right there in your face um so i i don't have an answer for that because a lot of the stuff that i've seen has been pretty i guess you know pretty tame horror um, so, uh, this is a question I definitely have an answer to, and, um, hopefully you guys will too. <laughs> um, and we'll start in the same order. Uh, is there a horror film that you know of that you would never watch? Like you've never seen it, you've heard about it, but you would never watch and why? Um, well, not, I mean, I'll, I'll watch pretty much anything for the most part, just because um, if something's been recommended to me by somebody I trust, or you know, there's supposedly something about it that has a really you know different scene, um, like I just watched this movie, Suicide Club, I think, which was a is a, um, a Thai movie that was made a few years ago, and you know, it had interesting things in it, even though it was intense and depressed and depressing and gory, but. Um, you know, the only thing I wouldn't watch is probably, it goes back to what I said before about the ex- extreme movement, the most extreme movie I've ever heard of. Um, called, I think it's called Salo. I w- I've had that described to me and I, I would never watch it um, because it has uh, stuff, some things happening to minors that just, isn't, there's no ever, no, there's never an excuse for to, there's got to be some other way to tell that story. So, you know, right. something like that, I, I can't, that crosses that line. I can't, I can't do that. 
But um, for the most part, if there's if if it has like you know some cool scene, some cool character, some cool twist, you know, I'm willing to check it out. I'm definitely on board with the extremist uh, movement um, in film. Is it's not for me. I think I mentioned it as well. It's a, the Serbian movie or a Serbian movie or film or something like that. And I had that movie described to me. And there is a um, film review website that I occasionally go to for ideas on films if I'm just stuck for something to watch. And they typically will show clips. And the reviewer just said, I am not going to show you a clip of this movie. And he said, I just, I can't find anything to set to show you guys. I'm not comfortable showing you any of any of this movie. I'm not sure how okay I am just having watched it, even talking about it and digging into it. I found out some of the scenes um, were just unsettling and disturbing to me. Um, And it's not anything that I would want to be a part of um, and not want to experience visually or, or even in auditory form. And I would just prefer to, to, stay away from that and pretend that it did not happen. I will probably never see Cannibal Holocaust. Uh, it's talked about a, a lot in genre film circles. Um, I've heard maybe bits and pieces about what it's about, but I think just even the content alone, I'm not really uh, all that interested in. I think I don't. I'm, so I'm, I don't want to give any misinformation, but I've heard things about animal cruelty. I don't know if if, if it was actually real or not in the film, um, and just other. Just again, any there's. I have a when it comes to quote unsettling cinema. I have. I do have kind of a, a line, and just you know, there are so many other films that I haven't seen that I want to see that I'm not going to waste my time on something. Just to just just to watch it, just to say I watch it when I really have no interest in it. And so, Cannibal Holocaust is definitely one of those movies. Mel, what about you? Um, I would say the Serbian movie, but everybody's already said it, so I um, consensus. <laughs> I'm gonna go with any of the Saw movies. Hey, okay? I am. I have no wish mm-hmm. to see any of them. Ah, oh, I can understand that. Um. The sequel sucked, but I'll, I'll watch the first one again. Um, I, for me, there's this movie called The Entity with Barbara Hershey in it. And is that the I ghost movie? Yeah. It's a ghost movie. It's yeah. about a woman oh, that is yeah. raped, raped by ghosts. Yeah. And, yeah. and I've never seen it. Um, and the reason why I cannot watch it is it's actually based on a true story. Um, there was a book about it before it was made into a film. So the fact that this actually happened is kind of really super freaky and inviting that into my home and watching it is probably going to make me super um, paranoid about ghosts trying to hook up with me at night. So, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I will not watch the entity. Um, and yeah, it, when I heard about that film and the fact that it was based on a true story, that was super disturbing. Um, so, one thing that I love to ask, because I'm very superficial when it comes to crushes and guys, <laughs> um, is who is your horror movie crush? Um, someone in any horror movie or? Yeah. I, 
character or the actor or um... character actor whatever animated go for it oh <laughs> <laughs> um you know i'm you know I, this is a very typical thing you know but i mean because these are very pretty boys but um you know i love the guys um from the show supernatural and i love them in any movie that they're in um I especially love Jensen Ackles. I think he's a great actor. And um, he's also very easy on the eyes. <laughs> and, um, and I would love to cast him in something someday and, and uh, see what he could do with one of my characters. But, um, but as far as like the character itself, like just purely the character, I love Ash from Evil Dead. I mean, I oh yeah, <laughs> I'm excited to see the new show. I'm, I'm just, you know, I cannot get enough of, of Ash. I mean, he is, he, he was hysterical. He was the best. And so Bruce, Bruce Campbell is my hero. I yeah. love Bruce Campbell. Did you watch the uh, marathon that they had? Yes. 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 Oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, I can, I, I never get tired. He's just so great to watch on screen. He's just yeah. 100% there all the time, like in the character. And he, yeah, he's great. Awesome. Eden. This was a tough one for me. Um, so I would have to say, um, I, I love Christopher Walken. Oh, I love Dude. him. <laughs> um, just going back to some of the older stuff uh, when he did The Dead Zone, um, The Prophecy, the, any, any actor who can just growl in a movie like he did in Sleepy Hollow, and pull it off. I mean, you don't learn any lines, just, you know, grr, arg for, <laughs> for two hours. I'm completely sold. Um, so I, I, and even when he is in interviews and all of that, just, just the cadence of his speech, mm. um, I, I think it's fantastic. But as far as characters, um, I do love the intensity of Mads Michelson's Hannibal. Oh, mm. yeah, yeah, everyone loves him. Yeah, he's a popular one on social media and Tumblr. <laughs> I did not know that, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's GIFs and tons of fan art of him everywhere on the web, so. Yeah, I had a friend talk to me for 10 minutes about his cheekbones. It was interesting <laughs> They're very nice, aren't they? Super <laughs> impressive cheekbones. Excellent cheekbones. <laughs> I had to agree by the end. I mean... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Truly, yeah. <laughs> Ashley, who's your movie crush? So I'll split this up and say two that come directly off the top of my head. So I've always been afraid to admit it, but um, I'm going to do filmmaker and actor. Uh, first filmmaker, uh, it's always been um, David Cronenberg. I, I don't know what it is wow. about his face. <laughs> I would not I, expect that. I find him very attractive. And of course, I love his movies, and I love that they're all like you know socially aware. And I and I and I'm a, I personally I love body horror. I always have. And so his filmmaking style, on top of I don't know what it is about that face and that swag he's got, but it it appeals to me. <laughs> and um, also, I'm going to go a little bit more up to date. I'm going to go Patrick Wilson in The Conjuring. He yes. can be oh. he can be the Ed to my Lorraine Warren any day. <sighs> I'm fanning I fanning myself. 
I hope to one day marry a man who I can say, babe, for Halloween, I want to be at Lorraine Warren. You need to make this happen for me. So I, I just, I, I, I love his character. I love the way he portrays, you know, the actual man in the movie. And it's, I'm so looking forward to The Conjuring too, because I'm a sucker for those films and I love them. So you watch Fargo? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna binge it. I, I find I find with television I do better Netflix binging than I do watching it live. So, but I have seen pictures and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, he's in that. I have to I have to prioritize my life better. So yeah, uh, put it on the list. <laughs> so real quick, um, you brought up The Conjuring. So that was filmed in Wilmington, North Carolina. I lived there at the time. I had the opportunity to be an extra in the movie. Yeah. I have not yet seen The Conjuring yet. Oh my god! I, found my... I know. I still haven't seen it yet. You um, need to find yourself. I know. Like, where can I find myself? But I'm in the uh, student lecture scene where uh, Patrick Wilson and uh, Vera Farmiga, her, her character. Formiga, um, they're giving a lecture. Um, so Patrick Wilson, I just wanted to add that he is just as hot in person, if not hotter, <laughs> than uh, he is on screen. So, And he's super nice. That's the one thing that I really, it's a nice, you know, surprise when you see a celebrity that you admire from afar and then you get to see them in person and interact and they're actually really cool, humble people um so he is the full package mr patrick wilson um Aww. so yes shout out to the 757 as well he's from virginia beach Woohoo! um <laughs> uh so mel who who's your crush um i do love mads hannibal but eden reminded me of something um vigo mortensen was in the prophecy he played Ooh. lucifer yes yeah and yeah. i just i loved him as that <laughs> <laughs> so dark yeah he ate a heart i mean and i was still i was still on board with it <laughs> yeah he had yeah gore all over his face i'm like yeah i'm still with it i'm still with it oh nice nice um well ashley knows the answer to the mine as well i wrote a piece on her website about him skeet ulrich from scream huge horror movie crush um i just love him and I was obsessed with him for about a couple of years after that movie was released. Uh, so, yeah, that is my favorite horror movie crush. So I'm going to shift over to Friday Night Horror, which is a very popular live chat um, Twitter feed that I participate in and that Ashley has created. Um, so I want to talk about that. You, you've hosted this for a while now. It's been over a year, right? Yeah, I think it's been two years and two years oh wow well, no almost two years yeah so time flies wow um so what has been your favorite friday night horror selection and for those that are listening that may not know give us a little background on what friday night horror is about and what brought you to uh start that so um I'm going to try not to give the uh, give us a little plea, but basically, um, you know, it, it kind of, it really started, surprisingly enough, when I saw VHS 2 in theaters, I got to see an advanced screening here in Philly, and that movie made me physically ill. There is one particular, uh, there's there's one particular uh, short film in that, that's probably the best film in 2014. I, I, I will, I will claim that, that is the best film of 2014, that little short film in VHS 2. And I was, you know, I, I remember coming home and just like, I was just, I was literally nauseous. 
<laughs> after seeing that film. And I thought, I have to show this to everyone. Everyone has to see this movie. And I showed it to, you know, a couple of my friends. And then, you know, I think it was just like one Friday night where me and me and you, Jamie, were kind of just kind of talking about, you know, well, I want to see a movie. Let's watch a movie together, even though we're not in the same room. Let's 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 live tweet it. Let's do something. And I, I mentioned VHS, too. And that's kind of how it started. Um, I, and I guess we kind of I, I kind of got your feedback on, you know, maybe I should make this kind of a regular thing. Um, it, it wasn't something I was like it wasn't like anything I conceived, like, you know, I, I didn't mastermind this. It was just kind of something that just kind of naturally happened. And the more time went on, the more, you know, people really grabbed onto it. So I think one of the, also one of the things I want to say, first of all, is thank you everyone for participating because you don't have to, but you know, if you're bored on a Friday night once a month and you have nothing to do, you know, a lot of people will get onto it. It has trended on, it has trended nationally, I believe twice, maybe, oh, which yeah. kind of just blows my mind. Um, and of course, thank you, Jamie, for always being so supportive. I don't always like to at people on Twitter all the time with my stuff because I think that's like spamming. So like, but you're, but you said, you know, no, remind me every right. time you do this so I don't forget. And I'm like, awesome. Okay. And so I, I, I just really want to say thank you, Jamie. Thank you, everyone, for joining in. You know, feel free. It's always been fun. I will probably say... I didn't have an answer to this question when I first saw, saw it, um, but I think my answer is probably Candyman because I always admire, I always like when people are just, they make very light things and they have jokes for things. And I think with Candyman, I was just laughing the entire time. I don't know if I even tweeted Candyman because I was literally retweeting everyone because they were just making me laugh so hard. It's not that the movie is funny, but you know, when I think I like I like the cultural lens, I think, that a lot of people bring to these live tweets about, you know, being people of color, mostly. It's mostly us as people of color who are doing this. And I, and I think right. that's a great statement on, you know, the horror, um, horror and the horror community because, you know, it's not just people being, you know, passive viewers. They're being, they're engaging with the, with the content. And I think one of the bigger issues with the horror community is there's so few people of color who, you know, have, you know, are academic books and who, who are, or, 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 or quote, no names in horror film criticism. There's so few of us, if any. Um, right. And so I think it's, I think this is one little small step that maybe someone will be inspired by this in, in some bigger capacity or whatever. So I think, I'm starting to realize that every little thing that I try to do with this, it's not real. It's not about me. It's just it's about really, really building a foundation for a community of people of color to feel that they can be a part of the horror community. That it's not that it's not just for you know white guys with tattoos. You know, so that's really important to me. And I mean, thank you for bringing this to light because you show, in addition to showing like really popular films, like we had done um, Freddy Krueger or Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream and all the mainstream films. You've also done really obscure movies like The Stuff, which mm -hmm. that one was my favorite because it was just really <laughs> corny. <laughs> I love like cheesy 80s horror. It's great. Um, and also Vamp with uh, Grace Jones. Mm -hmm. So I, I, didn't, I never heard of that. I didn't know she was in a horror film. So just thank you for bringing that and showing that there are a lot of black women um, that have been in horror films for, for decades. Um, and Friday Night Horror is a nice way to just add a little levity to Twitter one night and just have some fun. Absolutely. How, how has it been received among the fans and followers of Graveyard Shift Sisters, Friday Night Horror? 
so much so that I had to put a page on the website that says, okay, here's the breakdown <laughs> and here's a little backstory. Cause I had to write, I did a little write up for Dirge magazine. Um, they wanted to talk to talk to me about what it is and just say, you know, Hey, it's once a month and here's a list of the films you've done in the past. And just, you know, always stay on top of the announcements that I do on Twitter. Um, so yeah, I, I, people are excited about it. Um, that's the thing about picking selections. I, there's a method to my madness. I try to pick films that, um, that like, yeah, like people are familiar with, but are they also a teensy bit obscure, but the obscure ones are like, I feel like they, again, the, I, I need a film that's going to keep, you know, everyone engaged. That's, that has a fast and a pace that's got, you know, you know, stuff happening constantly. That's kind of like, you know, Oh my God, did you see that? Like, you know, just films that, you know, are that I know from like th those, those type of films that you, you saw on Joe Bob Briggs up all night, you know, yes, when I they did. It. Yeah. Th those kinds of, those kinds of films are very important for me to pick because that I, I if I don't, you, you but no, no one, you, I don't like to dwell on the past, but like, I really like, I, I do miss, old school television and I think a part of me doing this is a part of kind of bringing it back in a sense so what um what are your thoughts about reboots remakes and sequels um that's going to be our next segment here as we close out the show um what are your opinions on that and anybody can jump in to answer this um, I can, okay no, I was just going to say I don't really usually care for them. Um, uh, like with uh, like with a lot of people, I just I, I think unless it needs it, unless there's something that you know time has changed and there's a new filter to put it through or something can be added to it that couldn't be done back then, you know, just to redo it for name appeal. Like every you know, I don't want to just see the same movie every five to ten years just for the heck of it. Um, so no, I don't really care for them in general. They all suck, by the way. That's my opinion. <laughs> they really do. I mean, get the diplomatic answer. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna be a douche and say, well, actually, a bit. So bear with me. Um, I think. I think. I guess because I guess in the 21st century, because we've been bombarded with them. But you know, I I, I I appreciate when when people who write about write about this issue, they bring up you know, the fly was a remake, the thing was a remake, and those were those are classic and excellent. So not to discredit those, but I know, I know we're in this particular time frame where we're talking about um, these newer ones. It doesn't, I, I feel like, okay, so for me, and to make light of this, you know, I might be a nightmare on all street remake crushed me. So I'm at a point where I'm just like, it's that, it's that I don't even see the news about this stuff anymore. And I'm just like, okay, well, there's all of these other really awesome, great independent films being made. I, I want it like I don't even I don't care what Hollywood is doing anymore. Like I really don't care. Like they 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 they're gonna remake everything. It, that's there's another Halloween coming out, and I, let's I, let's not get into that because it ended <laughs> with H two O. But never mind. But yeah, I mean, like I'm so um, you, you look at Fantastic Fest and like The Witch and February and all these awesome movies. I'm just like forget Hollywood. Who cares? There are so many other good movies that are coming out. Uh, that's that's my take on remakes. Do you my feel take like on remakes too oh, is is pretty similar, especially with uh, all of the reading that I do in the horror genre. Um, there are just some amazing stories out there, and I would love to see those 
brought to the screen. Some of my favorite movies are remakes, but I think sometimes Hollywood just doesn't want to take a chance on something they don't think is going to immediately work and immediately have an audience. But there are amazing novels, short stories, anthologies, whatever have you out there, ripe for the picking of phenomenal storylines and plot twists. Oh, it's very sad. Uh, I'm going to go off course here and ask a question from Twitter. I'm going to read their comment comment. and I'm going to ask a question. Uh Uh-oh, I hear echo. Hello? Okay. Um, So Marmar82 on Twitter says, a disappointing horror film for me was Death by Temptation. I remember that movie. Didn't like the lead, the humor was lame, and uh, the low-budget shows. What's your opinion about horror films that feature a black lead or a black, predominantly black cast as it was with Death by Temptation? Um, why do you think that they're not, as it seems to me, for the most part, I'm just going to keep it 100, a lot of them, except for Tales from the Hood, were not really as good as other horror films in general. They do tend to look a little low budget. Um, the stories fall flat. So what's going on with, um, black horror films? What are your opinions on that? Lucy, you want to start? Eden? (laughs) (laughs) The silence is telling. Um, (laughs) well, I think that, I think some of it, when you, when you look at some of the movies, yeah, they, they may be functioning on a low budget, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it that it can't be an, an enjoyable movie and it has to be sort of grown worthy. Um, because I'm coming from a, a writing perspective, I think you also need to get a good core group of, of writers on your project before you even get to, to casting, before you even get to any of that stuff. And with some of the jokes being lame and... and just the movie's not really working. I think that that's where the foundation of it, of it needs to start. And maybe some of those movies just didn't lay the groundwork well enough, possibly, and thought, well, let's just go with what we have and, and we'll sort of build it as we go. So uh, again, I don't want to put any misinformation out there, but I don't know um, what the process of some of these movies being made were, but perhaps that's where where it fell down. Okay. All right. Well, we're getting towards the end of the show, um, so I want to give you guys the opportunity to shout out again your websites, your handles, any current projects you're working uh, working on um, before we end the show. So we'll start with uh, Lucy, Eden, Ashley, and then uh, we'll wrap it up. Um, let's see. My website is frillworld.com, um, C-R-U-E-L-L, like my last name. Uh, my Twitter handle is at cruel. Um, let's see. I've got 31. The web, My web series, um, 31 series, is on Twitter. It's on nine different distribution channels, including YouTube. And we have a pilot in development now, along with a pilot, um, pilots that I'm marketing called Four and uh, Meld and Neff. And I'm also um, 
let's see, uh, along with Seven Magpies, working on um, scripts uh, that I just finished called The Sitter and The Burning, um, which uh, one's horror sci-fi and others um, just straight up horror sort of, uh, um, well, just straight up horror. But yeah, um, and also have, oh yes, my first feature, duh, coming out. <laughs> being released um called cemetery tales that's about to be released we just finished um and uh yeah some other stuff but uh and flesh the next one we're doing that's it i think <laughs> for now. um i am at at eden royce on twitter um my website is edenroyce.com uh you can also find me on facebook i'm eden royce the dark geisha so you can just look that up and it should be the only one up there. Um, my upcoming projects are I'm finishing up the next installment of my dark fantasy novella containment, um, which is about a devil human hybrid that works in a power facility in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, where that power facility is uh, spectral energy made by ghosts. So that's coming out. Um, and I have a few short stories out and um, fingers crossed, we're going to get um, the Southern Gothic novel out in 2016. And nice. you can uh, uh, find Graveyard Shift Sisters, uh, graveyardshiftsisters.com. I'm always on Twitter at Graveyard Sister. Uh, the Tumblr is a archive of Black women in horror and science fiction. It's graveyardshiftsisters.tumblr.com. Facebook page, uh, it's facebook.com slash graveyardshiftsisters. I, I will be presenting um, on Graveyard Shift Sisters at an academic conference here in Philly in the first weekend of November. And also, um, I, can I, I guess I can say this now. Um, I, I believe I will be published in a Black Women um, in Horror uh, academic anthology. Um, I'm working on an article about that right now. So that's exciting for me too. So hopefully you'll see more published works about Black Women in Horror on the academic end. And also if you're in Philly and if you can probably sneak in the hotel, which my mom is probably sneaking in. So come out and see me. Well, thank you ladies so much for being on the show. This was a great podcast. I'd love to bring you back for another show because I could talk about horror all day long. Um, so thank you again. And please follow them on Twitter, check out their website, subscribe to their feeds, buy their books. Uh, we definitely need to support black women in horror. Uh, next podcast, um, I will have Mel back with me. By the way, excellent job Yay! tonight, Mel. <laughs> thank job. you there's one away as the podcast went <laughs> <laughs> um we're gonna have a podcast about mental health so we did so well with our first mental health um podcast um just talking about mental illness in the black community and the stigmas attached um it was one of our most popular podcasts this year that we're gonna do a part two so tune into that next week november 1st and we'll see you then thanks for tuning in guys good night bye Thank Bye. You. Bye. Finally, I'm finally.